I would say that, again, it's all about sales. Sadly, because for any founder, that's not what you want to hear. Almost any founder, anyhow. It's all about customer acquisition and your customer acquisition model and how you can build a viral customer acquisition model. Because if you think that your company is going to explode just as a result of Facebook ads, it's understanding that uh, all I need to, to do is to build a product and then I just need to buy tons of Facebook ads and then I will be super successful. But someone needs to pay for those Facebook ads and you will quite soon see that even though they don't cost much per per presentation it's gonna be a lot of uh, presentations before someone actually clicks uh, through the the funnel and becomes a paying customer welcome to another episode of want money got money podcast with sam kamani in today's episode i'm interviewing carl lildred he is a founder investor mentor and author of Hacking Your Destiny. In this episode, Carl is going to give away few copies of his books. So, listen on. All the details are later in the show. Carl has extensive experience of working with startups and scaling startups. So, let's listen more from him. Welcome to the show, Carl. First of all, what are you working on these days? I'm working on... On several things, as as I'm a multi entrepreneur and have always been involved in several businesses at uh, at the same time, so I'm helping a couple of companies to scale faster, which is my so-called normal day job, helping uh, organizations to solve difficult situations or just to scale up faster. Something similar to what what you're actually working with. As a consultant, and and apart from that, I'm also as just like you, writing on uh, on books. And I just published my my latest book, Hacking Your Destiny. And uh, I'm I'm involved in in quite many projects just now. And these yes. projects might be successful, but it's too early to say. And also trying to help the world in this difficult situation with the corona pandemic and and figuring out how we can make better use of, of uh, the current state because it's not yes. all bad. There's actually many good things connected to the situation that we are all caught up in, especially the the way that organizations now see that we don't need to be in the office. Exactly. We don't need to have a, the fiscal meeting. We can actually be quite productive from anywhere. If that is our home or if we choose to live somewhere else for a while and, and try to live in another country, we can still work for the same employer. Absolutely. Um, 100% you say that it's like more and more organizations have realized that they have to be prepared to move online because, I mean, you know, overnight, everyone wants digital transformation and they've yeah. realized that it is it is 
either that or they go extinct. They, everyone knew that it is coming, just that everyone was trying to, you know, kick the can down the road that, oh yeah, someone else will, the next director yeah. will come and deal with it. But now everyone yeah. had to because of COVID. And I mean, it's just moving us into the next century kind of thing. So yeah, I would love to know a bit more about your journey. How did you get started or how did you end up doing all these interesting things? Yeah, so uh, it all started with me being 16 back in 1996. And as as I was very into computers, I got an opportunity to help small companies with their IT needs. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started my first company when I was 16. And I realized that I had quite much to give. And there was clients out there that was prepared to pay for the services that I can provide. Yeah, and, and and then it evolved gradually over time, of course, uh, into me doing so many things over quite short period of time. So I learned more than most people in in my line of business about how to do these things, which resulted in in that I started to educate people as a as a public speaker about how to scale your business faster and how to make better use of e-commerce and online channels and so on. Yeah. And that eventually led to me starting to write more on my books and, and also to do private mentor sessions, which I find really, really fun because it's so rewarding for both sides, not only for the, the adept, but also for the, the mentor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I also mentor at few different organizations, and and just it is a lot of fun. So, what type of people do you mentor or come to you for mentorship? It's mostly people that that either want to become entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. or are just starting up, or it's people that feel that they are stuck in in the daily routine, sort of like yeah. they feel that they want something more, but they can't really figure out how or where to start because they are, they're so, they're so blinded by the daily routines. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. I was looking at your latest book that you also mentioned earlier. How did that come about? Yeah, that's, that's a very long story, but I'll try to keep (laughs) it short. Uh, It started with, with me, being in a state where, where our daughter was born and I, I didn't uh, want to work as much as I used to for a while as she was just born and I wanted to be there as a father. But obviously my mind was spinning like always, but I tried to block every, all these ideas. And eventually I started to think about where the ideas came from and, and why I was always running in these different directions and that became like like a sort of a diary almost where i started to ask questions to myself and trying to figure out the answers to why i was operating the way i would i did why i was always trying to find other routes to uh, already existing routines and so on and i realized that there's so much experience that I have to share. So I started to write, down, uh, write it down as a book. And eventually, after 
many years of work with a book, I yeah. chose to, to publish it. And I've written it in a way that is not the normal way that you would write a book because I always like to reinvent the wheel and see if we can do it yes. better. It doesn't mean that I always do it better, but I'm always trying to do it better. And but yeah, you're innovating. I'm... That's great. Yeah. So that's where, where it all started and, and it's just out. And I'm just looking forward to, to see what, what the readers uh, think about it. Yeah. Can you tell a bit about the content? It's called um, Hacking Your Destiny. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hacking Your Destiny. So, so, so how do you hack it. your destiny? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that... The idea is not to get caught up in the daily routines. Of course, it's very important to have routines because they mm -hmm. will make many things easier. But it's also important to, to not only have routines, to actually open up for creativity and, and open up for inspiration from things outside of the routines. Very uh, true. So in every chapter, I take up an, uh, an example or a, or a question or a problem Mm -hmm. And then I break that uh, situation down uh, and explain it so that the, the reader can understand the, the situation that I'm explaining in detail. Yeah. And then I follow up with something that I call the, a glue or an exercise. And that is transforming the situation into the reader's own situation. And then we do together an explanatory exercise sort of where mm -hmm. the reader can actually transform the situation into their own making that into a memory instead of just something that they have tried to memorize which is a big difference in how your brain operates yeah and by doing so as as i mentioned i call them the glue so each of these separation of chapters are called glues i glue everything together into a solid piece of of equipment or tools that you can use for whatever situation you might be in in your life. Yeah, no, very cool. It's sort of like a Swiss army knife. Yeah, yeah. So it is not only for, say, business as such, or yeah. it's not only, not only for e-commerce. It's It's got a much wider appeal than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a book that is for the person that are ready to to take a look at their life, basically, and and try to see if, if there might be something else that they would like to achieve. It doesn't mean that it's pushing you in direction. It, it opens up your eyes. It's like uh, having uh, the need for, for glasses. Yep. And, and don't realize that you need to put those glasses on to actually see properly. Yep, yep. So is that what the, the barcode on the cover... What does that sign? Or is it a barcode? It looks like that on the cover of, of your book. Yeah, it is a barcode. And in the barcode, there's actually two hidden messages. Yes. So there's one message that you can read if, if you just look from a, different, from a distance. Yeah. And no, I then, have seen it from very close. Yeah. Yeah. And I then there's another it. hidden message uh, that you might find as well. Uh, so, so it's very much about the hidden messages in life. There's yeah. always uh, so many things that are hidden that, that we don't see because we are blinded by the, the now, the situation that yeah. we are in right here, right now. That is great. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Moving back into your, your professional 
career and and working with i know you work with lots of different founders and startups and you help them scale and all that have you ever invested um, in any of those startups yourself yes uh, every time oh every time so you only yeah. you work with the people you believe in so what makes you you know but, but um, uh, sorry uh, just to to explain that every time i'm investing in in the companies that i believe in and that i'm getting involved in uh, yeah. but in some situations i'm also hired as a consultant and then i'm not investing so like for example i was i was working with uh, h&m and with spotify uh, to invest in those companies it's a whole nother level <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. That is a different ball game. So yeah, so when you do invest in a say startup, what do you look for in or or is it the founder, the team, or what makes you invest in something? At first it's really important to understand the the go to market strategy and not yep. just go to market, but actually go to go to sales in the market. Like Anyone can launch a product, but to get that product known to the general public, that's a that's totally a big ask. Yes. Yeah. So the the old statement "build it and they will come" doesn't really exist, especially nowadays. Maybe back in the days it was a possibility uh, if you open a, the, the store on the corner, but but today we're not uh, thinking about those old models. We're thinking about how we can change the world with smart technology. And if no one knows about the smart technology, then you have failed, even though you have solved like the greatest problem in the world, maybe. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. Yeah. And, no. and once again, it comes down to like product driven growth. And, and also, you know, you have to understand how you get engagement. So yeah. very, very true. So that would be the first thing you would look at is uh, before investing in a company is, what is their go-to-market strategy? How are they going to get users or customers um, or just engagement for their product? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very good point. And, and, and then after that, of yeah. course, yeah. always look at the team and the team spirit. Yeah. Uh, is it a team that are building a company to make money or is it a team that believe in solving the problem that they are trying to solve? Yeah. So, Two totally different things. It's not wrong to try to make money, but if if your only intention is to build something that you can make money on, then you will focus. Uh, you will be focusing too much on the hours that you put in, and uh, you will not be up for the challenge of putting in extra hours. Hundred percent. And so that's what you mean by team spirit, or. Uh, the team spirit is more like the how how good the feeling is between the the different team members and uh, if they are aligned in in terms of uh, goal and and ideas yes. that pop up along, along the road because there's there will be so many things that they have not thought of from the beginning and if they don't agree on these new ideas or new questions and new problems that they might solve then that's going to be a problem down the line yep yep that's very true do you also i know you do consulting but do you take any other role in any of the startups as a i don't know as a director board member 
or yeah a board member and advisor that's great that's good to know if you know a lot of my listeners are founders and most of my connections are founders and a lot of them are in early stage what yeah. is the advice you would like to give to early stage founders who are just starting out they have an amazing idea they're just starting to build their mvp or maybe they have their mvp ready what advice do you have for them just for um, non-technical founders, MVP being the minimum viable product? I would say that, again, it's all about sales. Sadly, because for any founder, that's not what you want to hear. Almost any founder, anyhow. It's all about customer acquisition and your customer acquisition model and how you can build a viral customer acquisition model. Because if you think that your company is going to explode just as a result of Facebook ads, I believe that's going to be a challenge for you because it's going to cost you too much money. Yes. yes they have, they... It's a common misunderstanding that uh, all I need to, to do is to build a product and then I just need to buy tons of Facebook ads and then I will be super successful. But someone needs to pay for those Facebook ads and you will quite soon see that even though they don't cost, and cost much per Per presentation, it's going to be a lot of uh, presentations before someone actually clicks uh, through the, the funnel and becomes a paying customer. Absolutely. You know, after you show the ad to a thousand people, maybe one will click. And after a thousand such people have clicked, maybe one will buy or become a user. So <laughs> that is an... I mean, that that's what the stats that a lot of people do end up getting. Some even worse than that, you won't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but that is the message people need to, <laughs> to hear, I guess. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, Mark Zuckerberg won't be happy to hear, <laughs> hear no. the message that you just said. <laughs> no, that, that is very, very true. The only person becoming rich is Google and Facebook with, with that strategy yeah. and and it's it's not sustainable you have to have you have to solve problems you have to build things that yeah yeah as you said that do become viral in in their nature so very very good advice have you helped startups raise money or, or as a part of a startup have you gone out there and done a funding round yeah absolutely I, just before the corona, we actually launched something called Synergy Invest, which is an investment platform for uh, for startups, which was both mentoring and training and sort of like the Dragon's Den situation where you in the end actually will meet with investors and, and raise the money that you need. But as a result of the corona lockdown here in Spain, we couldn't continue that uh, operation. But you never know, uh, we might uh, re refuel that engine and start it all over again. Yeah, please let me know when you do. And if you're ever looking for founders, I, yeah, people ask me all the time. So that's, that's yeah. pretty much the, how I started with this, with this podcast. And that is because I, in my field of work, every day I talk with three or four new founders that, it's yeah. like even today, um, just yeah. like half an hour Zoom meeting somewhere with someone in the world. And this was, this used to be the common thing that, you know, 
how do you start your funding journey? Where do you, where do you go? It's like for someone who's yep. not an entrepreneur um, or not been in this ecosystem, they, they just don't know how to take that first step. And, and I think people like you are doing a great job at, at with things like the program that you say, helping people get in front of the investors and all that. So no, yeah, it is difficult. It's very difficult, especially for the people that are brand new into this uh, this world of entrepreneurship and startups. It's very difficult, and they are probably read in the news about the overnight success companies and think that exactly. that is a thing. And uh, as they start building their idea and their product and their offering, they realize that actually most startups do not become that successful. And many will have to close down before they even launch their product. And that will put anyone down. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not motivating to hear those things. But if you believe in your product and you believe that you have found uh, a way to attract the, the, the customers, then there's a, a great chance that you can make something big. But always try to think about the scalability or localization and personalization so either you want to take over the world or you will solve one particular problem very very perfectly done yes and and just focus on a very small niche 100 percent cannot yes cannot agree more once again one example i'm actually uh, working on on a, a startup for for self-publishing uh, authors just yep. like you and me. Yes. Uh, and the idea is that one of the most valuable things for me is not to sell a book. It's to know who buys the book. Yeah. So it's, it's, more, it's more valuable for me to know who actually read and buy my books and who actually buys the book. Or uh, uh, in comparison to the, the income I make from the books. Because I have so much more to give. I have other books. I have mentor sessions. I have consultancy work and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just to give an idea to all the listeners about a niche uh, solution. Yep. For authors, I have built an, a platform where you can sell your book. And the book is then sold to your customer without your interaction whatsoever, just like with Amazon. Yep. But you own the customer information. That is going to be, that is massive. And you know, that's the reason why the success of whether it's BigCommerce or Shopify or any of these platforms, they are worth so much. Like which is Canada's highest valued company by market cap? It is Shopify. The, the, The reason is because Shopify allows small merchants, retailers to retain the customer data yeah. and information. Whereas yeah. in Amazon, it does not. Like there was a like a New Zealand startup or Kiwi startup that's now based in US. They're called Allbirds. They made shoes. Like it's multi-billion. Within three years, it was over a billion dollars worth. They make like Merino wool shoe, shoes. And... They listed initially on Amazon. Amazon got the data and immediately Amazon had an Amazon Basics replica of that their yeah. 
shoe that looked just like that. And anyone who searched for for that type of a shoe, they went from number one result in Amazon to number 34 or something. <laughs> so Amazon does this over and over again. You are selling like say batteries, it's ever ready or energizer or whatever. And then yeah. you ask Alexa to order and then Alexa will send you Amazon Prime. You know, it's not going to yeah. send you energizer or, or any other brand. And, and so that's why as soon as you go on Amazon, it's a short boost, but long term, it is a it is a loss pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> gonna have a copy. And, and also, of course, Amazon analyzes the data, so they see yes. which product sells the most, and then they see okay, there's a business opportunity here because we yeah. already have the customer base, so let's just do a replica. Yeah. And they exactly know who last time bought that, you know, (laughs) and so next time they will not be shown your product. They will be shown the Amazon basics or Amazon prime, whatever default they have their own brand. Yeah. Yeah. So in your example, Amazon is non, non focusing while Shopify is more focusing. And what I'm offering is a, is a really, really niche focus where the only thing is for self-published authors who want to sell their books. Yeah. yeah. That, that is a very good niche because for a lot of authors, in, especially in the non-fiction, and even so in fiction, the, a lot of them make their first book free because it is like, you can say, like a lead magnet or whatever yeah. you call it. Like fiction writers, they write a series of three. They give the first book free. And then so people have to read to see what happens in the story. But then yeah. they, they know who is really buying, who their audience is. And for a lot of coaches, mentors, consultants, nonfiction book is a part no. to build their brand, to know who it is. And then they can be later on sold to a conference or whatever. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Next thing it might be. So, yeah. yeah. So, that is. But, but whatever you uh, do, you don't want to have a pile of books in your garage. Yes. You always want to have a print on demand and you always want to have a packing, shipping, handling. So, you want yeah. to automate everything so that you can uh, do the things that uh, you want to focus on next. Yeah, you you have to automate. You are a hundred percent right, and I mean it's all print on demand. The the those are gone where you have a garage full of books, and then it's depressing. <laughs> if no one is buying it, you have to keep looking at them. <laughs> yeah, but it's also funny because uh, the old print industry, yes, non-print on demand, they're still operating that way. Like if I'm talking to a company that are interested in in publishing my book they say okay yeah we're interested in publishing your book but we want to uh, print 300 copies and for that you have to pay but you're (laughs) selling my book and you want me to pay you guys to sell my book i i don't agree with that business model yep very true before we finish i have this three quick fire questions one of that is is there a book that you are reading currently? For once, I actually say no. I normally always read a couple of books. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm reading one book. It's uh, Samuel Fishing in Yemen. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, there's a movie made on that. Is yeah. That right? Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen the movie, 
but the book is amazing. It's it's so beautifully written and it's so much fun for any entrepreneur. Yes. I very much recommend this book. It's not what you expect and it's really about solving the as some people might look at an entrepreneur where you're trying to solve a problem. They are in this book trying to solving try to solve an idiotic problem like lunatics <laughs> <laughs> so but, cool. but it's it's beautiful yeah it's it's really a, a fun book to read i'll have to yeah i'll have to check it out um second is there a podcast that you listen to no i don't follow one podcast i follow different uh, topics Yes. So yes. when I want to, when there's a particular topic, then I go and I listen to uh, a bunch of podcasts on those topics specifically, instead of just uh, following one podcast. Yep, that's great. And if you had unlimited time and money, what product would you build? I would build a product that uh, would enable everyone to increase the appreciation of their personal life. I don't know what product that is, but something that would increase your self-esteem and your own value uh, towards yourself. That sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> for you to build that. <laughs> yeah, so let's see what that is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but definitely, I think that's something that the world needs. And it's something that all these social media platforms are lacking because they are only building on the dopamine effect in your brain. Yes. And it's, it's a short-term reward. And if we look back at when, like if we look back 100 years ago, we never worked for short-term rewards. We always worked for the long-term rewards as we yeah. were following our field or fishing for fish or something it took time and mm. in that we built our own self-esteem and our own reward system mm. and i think that's something that we really need to find back to a uh, way to get back to yeah very very true now finally how do people get in contact with you the easiest way is to go to linkedin or yes. to my personal website, which is Carl Lillrud, K-A-R-L-L-I-L-L-R-U-D.com. So my, my full name and the same thing on LinkedIn, there's only me with that name, Carl Lillrud. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. I will put all these links um, and few more, even to your book on Amazon and anywhere else, all your links in the description, wherever this goes on any platform that anyone is listening to. So thank you. Thank you so much. And, for, uh, your and for, your, for your listeners, I would be very happy to, to give away some samples of the book. So if oh, you have, fantastic. if they just go to my website and they subscribe for, for the book, I will give away a, a couple of copies so they can enjoy. And, and I just want to hear what they think of it. Oh, that's great. So I will put the link to that where they can go and do that. So yes, thank you so much. And I will 
add more information for that later on after this show. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Want Money, Got Money podcast with Sam Kamani. Now, if you're after one of Carl's books, which is Hacking Your Destiny, then I would recommend go to his website, carldrillred.com and go to his book. And over there, you can request a free copy and mention in the comments that you want to request you heard about him on this podcast he's going to give away a few copies to some of my listeners so mention that leave a message for him or connect with him on linkedin and send him a message and i'm sure he will organize a free copy for you if you are a genuine reader and if you are really interested so thanks once again for listening to another episode If you haven't subscribed, I would highly recommend that you subscribe and share this podcast with one friend today. Thank you.